0: Cheers, sir. Cheers. Episode one. Episode one. Start off with Jack Daniels.
1: Ooh. First sip in. <coughs> yeah. Our, our episode one is better than Star Wars. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it depends on the Star Wars you're talking about. Phantom
0: Menace. Okay. Not,
1: not the worst.
0: Okay. I would say uh, maybe not even the second worst anymore. Because Attack of Clones is still the worst one, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's... Well, I know Solo was pretty bad, too.
1: Solo was very disappointing.
0: You know what's funny? I, I saw Phantom Menace probably like four weeks ago because Gary wanted to watch it. it was, Why would you, know, you subject him to that? I it, he it was We were on Disney+, Plus and he was like, Danny, I want to watch that one. Are you sure? Because we <laughs> could watch this one that I scrolled over to... to Empire Strikes Back, and he was like, no, Daddy, that one. (sighs) All right. (laughs) Let's go. Let's do this. And we're watching it, and I was like, okay, this is still pretty bad. Like, it's still not great. But then I remember seeing, like, the recent Disney Star Wars stuff, and I was like, you know, in hindsight, maybe not so bad. (laughs) It it could be, I mean, could it be better? Uh, Absolutely. But, like, it's still not... I mean, obviously, Tactical Clones is the worst. and so, I think Solo is yes. second, but
1: yeah. I mean, you, you know, a lot of people would just look at the last few that came out as just cash grabs. I... You know, Force Awakens I liked. I thought it was entertaining. And then you get Last Jedi, which, I mean, all, like, the purists, I guess, if you want to say, of Star Wars fans, was like, this is terrible. But the more they hated it, the more I really enjoyed it. Because I like when... Well, okay, so J.J. Abrams, I remember in an interview, was talking about Ryan Johnson, and he read the script and he's like, boy, that's brave what he's doing. And when I heard that, I go, oh boy, this is going to be a disaster. And I thought the worst part was like, how do you write Princess Leia? And when they blew her out of the ship, it's like, Oh boy! Like that's how they're gonna take her out with the Mary Poppins. Movie. Yeah, and then they have her Mary Poppins back in. I'm like, n- like, this is just gonna be awful. Yeah, and I will say to this day, there, there, you know, there shouldn't even be spoiler alerts. Like, you know, Luke's in Episode Eight, but you can go off. That was pretty bad. The you know slow like. Chase that was going on the whole time, like they're like a Star Wars OJ Bronco chase. <laughs> like, that was bad. To, like, there's so many bad parts, but the part that makes it for me is where Ray is trying to, you know, talk to Luke and he's she's just like following him around when he's like, I'm not training anymore, I'm just gonna, you know jump across this mountain on a stick because that's the only way to catch fish kind of thing. And then he goes to whatever that creature is to get the milk. Like, right out of the tit, too. And he does that thing where he starts drinking it, but he's watching her, like, staring at her while he's drinking it. And I'm like, what is this movie turning into? (laughs) I kept thinking back to Abrams being like, he's brave. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, where is he going with this? Just Luke... Drinking that milk Just giving her that look You know of like uh, How bad you want to be a Jedi I
0: Didn't hate that movie As much as other people did I honestly didn't When I got out of the theater Watching it I was like eh, Better Than I expected And then I remember I was like reading reviews And I was like "Jeez, am I the only person That mildly liked <laughs> this movie I actually did uh, A lot of it didn't bother me I didn't Didn't bother me guess, spoiler alert, you haven't seen this. Uh, it didn't bother me he died in the movie. It felt like it made it made sense. The way they said I don't, I don't know it them
1: purists are like oh, he gave himself to the force. Yeah. It's like settle down. Well, no.
0: yeah. Well, the thing about it is that now you're never going to make any of the fans happy. Or put it this way, you won't make more than like 35% of them happy now. Yes. Cuz now it's a segregated group now. Now you have the people who are our age and are 40s. Some of us maybe in our late thirties. Yeah, I was about to know, say
1: speak for yourself. Right.
0: That are in that group of people who kinda of, who grew up with the, you know, the original four, you know, four, five and six. And then, you know, like we didn't grow up with episodes one, two, and three. But, you know, we were teenagers and such like that when they came out.
1: Yeah, we so were we were kids when we saw that. Yeah, we were kids instantly fell in love. But we're also at the age where You know, what did episode one come out? Ninety-nine? Ninety-nine, yep. So, yeah, we're teenagers, and we've seen Star Wars. And if you read the comics, you know how Anakin becomes Vader. And your thing is like, oh, my God, we're going to get to see, you know, this child go from just, you know, this poor, you know, this kid that was enslaved all the way into Vader. And it's like, man, this is going to be amazing to watch. And, you know, the first one, the only thing I remember in episode one was just him going, Yippee! <laughs> and you're like, so this is this is a big bad Darth Vader screaming, Yippee! And you're like, no, 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 get to episode two. Like, now he's older. Or like, now we're going to see that, you know, transition. And then you've got, you know, the future, like, ruler of the galaxy, Vader, just going, Man, I don't like sand. <laughs> didn't help to give him a rat tail, too. Oh, I just didn't... God, that was so bad. It,
0: that, that was a weird... I don't even remember that being a thing in the 90s or early 2000s where people it had the wasn't. rat tail. Like, yeah, no, I didn't... I, it was an odd choice, I thought.
1: I don't remember going to school and seeing someone going, oh, he's got a rat tail. I want to have a beer with him.
0: <laughs> you know, the weird thing is if you ever watch, uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube or whatnot, there's uh, outtakes or whatever it is of... Lucas doing the auditions for three the three kids that made the final to be the Kid Vader. And you see, I, uh, I think it's Jake Lloyd, right? Yeah. yeah Jake, you see his, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the kid I remember doing it. And then there's this other kid. And I remember watching that, I was like, oh, man, that dude's way better. I'm like, that kid's way better. And couldn't, the the third kid was awful. I just, I just remember that. But, like, <laughs> but like the, the kid that, that was after Jake Lloyd, I was like, oh, that is way better. I'm like, why didn't they go with him? I, it just seemed like, not to say it's weird about like a six-year-old kid, but he just seemed darker. And yeah. You know who he's gonna be? He's gonna be Vader. Yeah. Like, maybe get the kid who's like you know on the serial you know, box cover. Maybe that's not <laughs> the, maybe that's not the right move. But then again, George Lucas has
1: four and a half billion dollars, and I don't. So, maybe he made the right choice. So the kid that you think was a better choice, can you imagine how like disappointed he was that he didn't get the role? <laughs> and then when you see the shit. Jake Lloyd went through. You gotta think that kid is like, my God, did I dodge one there?
0: It's like uh, the guy they got to play uh, Jar Jar Binks, like the guy who was in the costume.
1: How is that guy still
0: alive? I you don't know, but he, like, there's like interviews of him, and him. He's like stoked. He's yeah. like, I'm, I'm at Star Wars. I'm gonna be one. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be the next Chewbacca. Is what That's, he was thinking. Doesn't you know, it belong. seem like
1: <laughs> ever, before the? Because there have been three trilogies before each, the start of each trilogy. There's at least one person that's like, man, i got to roll in Star Wars. This is going to be great. And then you see him like, after maybe two of the movies, and they've got that, like, you know, look in the distance, like, I've been in Nam for two years tour, <laughs> and they're just like, I've seen some things. That's and you're good. like, man, maybe being in Star Wars, isn't it? But, like, Harrison Ford bitched about all these years and how right he was. Yeah, it was funny, you look back at it, too, and a bunch of people are like, what are you bitching about? You were in Star Wars.
0: And then now you see it, and you go, maybe I get it. I don't think he gets the bitch, though, because he was also Indiana Jones. So right. maybe, just take that and shut up and just go with it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you're going to be okay. Sorry you were Han Solo.
1: Apologize <laughs> for that.
0: Maybe move on. Not
1: only you got to be Han Solo, but you were, like, adamant, like, kill me in the sixth one. <laughs> and then they don't. And when they come out with episode seven, you start seeing the trailers, and he's in it. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, "He's not making it through this movie." There had to be an agreement that's like, "Listen, I'll go back in, but like, you kill me in the opening credits or something. Just get me off of this character." You know, it was like the first
0: response. It's like, "Hey Harrison, you want to play uh, Han Solo again? Am I? You gonna kill me?" <laughs> yes, cool. Let's do it. Like, you yeah. know that you know that was the first. Thing I feel like
1: that was the whole negotiation. Was like, "Where are you going to kill me?" Because I got a feeling, like, he wanted, like, opening scene, like, directed by George Lucas, and then he just gets, (laughs) you know, Guido finally, like, shoots him. Are you Uh, enjoying your Cohiba? I am. So we got Cohibas for the first
0: episode. Cohibas. It's a 2019, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this, but it's uh, Edition Limitado. These are good. (laughs) Uh, My uh, mom actually got me these, which is... Uh, she, I don't know where she That's got nice it from. a nice thing
1: for a mom to do. Yeah,
0: well, it's funny. She didn't want me like playing football growing up because she was trying to get hurt and stuff like that. And then she's like, "Hey, you smoke cigars? Here's some more for you." <laughs> but no, she, uh, yeah, she got me these. These are really nice. They're uh, anyone looking for actually a decent cigar to go with bourbon or whiskey that we're drinking tonight. Something like this. You want to get like a more of like a more of like a mild or like medium uh, kind of cigar i not going to drown out your liquor. Something like that's kind of what you're looking for. I don't know if you notice, know every time we do this, I never bring out like a dark, dark cigar. Right. bring out something a little more light. So that way you can actually taste both. Because if you got something super dark, you won't
1: taste the bourbon or you won't taste the whiskey. I feel like, yeah, you're right. Like if you go too light, it doesn't really go well with, you know, a bourbon, especially one of the dark ones. But if you get something mid-range like this... Like, it pairs really well. Way to go with it. And this one, see, like, we have Jack Daniels, but it's not just run-of-the-mill Jack Daniels. Like, I almost had to throw down to get a hold of this bottle. And, yeah, because this is the Twice Barrel special release. So, anyone that kind of follows bourbons knows this is kind of a, you know, one of those rare allocated ones. Now, it's definitely got a great taste to it. You can pick up all the flavors, but... As you'll see on here, it's 53% alcohol. Oh, you're like, 106 proof. Like, this is one where, like, if you're not a, you know, consistent drinker, you have a couple sips and you're on the floor already. Yeah. Now, it's no, uh, it's no dough ball, which has been the staple of my life for uh, about the last year. Uh. And I was telling you earlier that I was doing some research and... Doughball is actually based out of California. It's a family-owned company. does not surprise me that it's from California.
0: Just gonna go, I'm going to throw it out there right now.
1: All Continue. Right. All right. Yeah, that's that's nice. But it's like, you know, Doughball, it's cookie dough whiskey. It smells like cookie dough. It smells amazing. It tastes amazing. For people that like bourbon, but they don't care for the burn during it, there is, like, zero burn it is just great but that's the thing too is the proof on it is high like it gets you quick when you're drinking that you're like this is a nice little you know treat and then you you know I mean I have two glasses in I am more than good to go the only thing I'm working on is you know because I think you can drink cookie dough but like when I was researching them they don't have a slogan and it's like I, th- I feel like it's my goal to come up with a slogan for it.
0: Come up with a slogan for it. You know, there's a lot of other companies that don't have slogans that I'm aware of, too. Like, you know, this, the vodka that comes in the plastic bottles and things like that, they usually don't have slogans either. I mean... I, I will say this is about Doughball. Mixing it with certain things can make it a little bit more palatable. I'll give you that.
1: You know, and some people talk about mixing it with uh, the screwball, the peanut butter whiskey. So it's like you get peanut butter cookie dough, which I get... And some people, the the big thing seems to be do-ball with A um, and W, is supposed to give it a really good mix. Root beer or cream soda. Ah, uh, root beer. See that that sounds
0: quite literally like the worst thing that's ever been made. <laughs> the only thing to be worse is if you put a side of ranch to that, and you, you would have <laughs> literally the devil's elixir next to you. It's people's obsession with root beer. I don't understand it. Like huh? cream soda. I I could see you rolling cream soda with that. Oh, I always got cream
1: soda in my fridge.
0: It might be a little overly sugary, like you maybe could have one, but... uh, All I know is that just thinking about Doughball, if I had it, what my dad would say.
1: Oh, your dad would be so upset.
0: (laughs) It would be... I I wouldn't say fear. I would say, you know what? Wouldn't be mad. Just be disappointed.
1: Now, now let me tell you something. I don't remember what it was for. It might have been Diane's... 53rd birthday however old she is but we had where I was bringing over two bottles and one was going to be during dinner and one was for the cigar to have afterwards and I remember that day I got a really nice bourbon I think that's when I got the E.H. Taylor the small batch everyone looks for the single barrel but I got a small batch which by the way is amazing Like people uh
0: People sometimes uh, overlook the small batches, which I feel like small batch, this is my personal opinion, I feel like you get a more consistent bottle out of a small batch. Like, if you're going to get, like, a, I don't know, for me, Four Roses small batch, I feel mm-hmm. like when I get that, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. The only, I mean, if I have a complaint, there's, I mean, single barrels are, are, are good across the board, usually. My only complaint is, is that I have gotten single barrels of the same thing and gotten what I would consider to be different flavors from them. You know, I can't think of the name of it now. I remember I did get a single barrel. I got two of them, one right after the other. And the second one was just more, like, caramel was a, It was a bourbon. Okay. My, that's my only complaint about single barrels, is sometimes you just... I'm not saying the quality's not there, I'm just saying the consistency and flavor's not there. That's... I could see that. My only complaint. Yeah. Now, to be fair,
1: usually single barrels usually are better, but... Right. Uh, but, yeah. But, yeah, there, yeah. It's small batches still, so, you know, they... I think they provide a lot of good flavor. And when I got the E.H. Taylor, it was like, this is, you know, this is a good one to have. But the same day, I saw Cookie to Whiskey, and I could not get by that aisle without going. I it, It's going in my basket. <laughs> and I just remember coming over, you know, bringing up the stuff, and it's like, all right, you know, we're going to have steaks, dinner. And, you know, we'll have a cigar after. I said, well, let me show you what I got. And I gave you the EH Taylor, and it's like, this is going to be the one for uh, the cigar after. And I remember you looking at it being like, wow, this is really hard to find. Like, And I heard many things about it, like, can't wait to try it out. There was that, you know, just moment of like, you were proud of me. Like, you did good. <laughs> and then you're like, hey let's have a look at another bottle you got <laughs> and just the like as soon as it registers with you and then you looked at me and then you looked back at the bottle and then you side-eyed me and i was like that moment of just pride for your friend evaporated
0: <laughs> it was uh i distinctly remember that because that's actually exactly what happened
1: and do you remember what you said to me
0: uh, do not remember what the words
1: were. Oh, the exact quote was, How fucking old are you?
0: <laughs> that actually sounds like something I would say. You're right. You're like,
1: are you 12? <laughs> cookie dough whiskey? And I said, it's amazing. Now, granted, I hadn't tried it at that point, but I was already completely sold. You are committed. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie, there have been a lot of bottles coming through of, of cookie dough whiskey because that stuff... I swear, the people that work at that company... When they look at, like, how's our sales doing? There's got to be a good bump in the Scottsdale (laughs) area where they're like, man, what's going on over there? (laughs) They're like, must be a group or something that really likes this. Yeah, a group. I mean, yeah. So,
0: I mean, I bet you, I bet you that's probably pretty popular, like, in college bars. I bet you could probably make some pretty fruity, like, shots. 22 year old kids, you know. Would, would enjoy, you know, after the, you know, they just had, you know, Econ
1: 101 or something. <laughs> so. You know, you know what I, I put in cookie dough whiskey? I put your least favorite thing in. I put ice in it. I put it on the rocks. Uh, <laughs> listen, so, the one thing I will say is that
0: throughout all the years now, of like, getting into better, higher quality liquors, is that, The best way to enjoy them is the way that you enjoy them the best. Mm -hmm. And, well, yes, like, if you put an ice cube in your bourbon, does it make you less of a man? Of course it does. But (laughs) if that's how you enjoy it, that's how you enjoy it. That's just, you know, it's...
1: It's kind of like my wine. I like it chilled. Now, you talk to people that are very uh, familiar and smart with wines, and they know, like, this one's more appropriate for room temperature this one could be chilled for an hour me when it's like hey i'm gonna have this wine tomorrow i throw it in the fridge right then (laughs) they'll be like you know what that ruins a lot of it i don't care i like it chilled it tastes great i'm very stubborn i've become a very big diva as i've gotten smarter with bourbon and wines where it's like this is exactly how i want it and all right so
0: for those of you who are wondering who that was, we're filming or we're recording outside right now. So, that'd be a plane going over Scottsdale Airport. <laughs> from what I understand about wine, I don't understand much. My wife knows more than I do. She says that while it is supposed, supposed to be You're room- supposed to say that. Well, if she listens to this, I need her to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, from my understanding, when they talk about room temperature, they're not talking like Arizona room temperature that we have out here. <laughs> supposedly, from my understanding, it's supposed to be like what it would be like in France or Spain or where, or Italy, wherever it's made, like the room temperature there like in the 60s. Oh, you mean like where they make it.
1: Where they make it, exactly. <laughs> well, even California, I mean. You know, yeah, it's like they. May, it's, I mean, we get obviously a ton of California ones. Yeah, and yeah you, the room temperature is not baked <laughs> like it is here. Right. So I've decided that cookie dough whiskey, because it's like, my slogan originally that I came up with was, now you can drink cookie dough. Something simple. Like, but then it's like, you gotta go further than that. So, I wrote down a few. Can't wait. Yeah, It's, you can't lick the bowl, but you can tun punch the hole. <laughs> drink the cookie dough. Oh, Jesus. You could be stagnant, but you'll want to get this thing pregnant. <laughs> Drink the cookie dough. These are gold. The last one I wrote is when you want to go wild, but you have the mentality of a child <laughs> Drink the cookie dough. God. I wanna be their brand ambassador. I mean, I uh, might I might tank that whole company.
0: <laughs> I mean the last one is definitely the funniest one. That's for sure. I will not I will not say people are of lower quality. They like cookie dough. I'm not gonna say that. I may infer it slightly, right. but I'm not gonna say it. Like I said, it's one of those things. that, hey, you know what? You want to have it? You know, if it's something that you mix with something else, like I said, if you want to throw it. Like I think creams. I think I think it was fine with cream soda, but it I, could co- be. I couldn't have more than one. It's, it's so much sugar. It's just it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You imagine trying to have that on the golf course. Imagine if you were playing golf with some of our friends. You're like, hey, can I get a cream soda and cookie dough? Imagine we were playing with our dads, playing with your dad, my dad was still alive, and in front of them, you were like, hey, I would like a cookie dough and cream soda. How fast do you think they start calling you candy ass? Like, could you, could you get the cream soda par out before it started
1: coming your way? I definitely feel like my dad and I wouldn't be sharing a card after that. <laughs> like, the clubs would be on the ground, and it's like, catch up if you can find your ball. <laughs> and I might not see him the rest of the day. Which brings me to a great topic, because I was watching the Waste Management Open. Yes. I was watching some of it with my dad, and we are talking about golf, and I thought back. Now, for you know people that are listening to this and don't know our dads, they should know any story about my dad is 100% true. And I kind of feel like same with your dad. Regardless of how ridiculous it sounds, it's It's true. true. Yes. So, I'll give you a great example. I was in uh, Reno, uh, and I was taking a flight back to Phoenix. And I'm getting on a plane. It's full, so we all got to scrunch together. We all got to get familiar with each other. I got to get a middle seat because I'm not cool enough to, you know, be in front of the line. I sit next to a guy, and it's kind of those you exchange like, "Hey, what's up, man? Sorry, fat guy, get in the middle, kind of thing." And the guy has on a work hat that my dad works for that company, and my dad at this point has been working for him for 30 years. This is probably seven, eight years ago. So he'd already, you know, he's been with the company a long time. And I said, "Hey," I was like, "My dad works for that company," and he goes, "Oh, really? What's his name?" I said, "Heck Ramsey." do you know him? And he goes, I don't know him, but I've heard a lot of stories. (laughs) I was like, they are all true. (laughs) So, I, the story that I had to bring up to my dad and I'm just not realizing this. I don't think my mom's heard this story. (laughs) She's not going to like this, but, you know, oops. So, we're playing on the course, which is by Mesa Gateway. I don't know the name of that one. Is that Toka Sticks? That sounds right. Right, but yeah, the one by Mesa Gateway. Or uh, so we're playing that one. Now I should mention, I'm terrible at golf. I shoot right around a hundred ish. If you know, if no one sees me cheat, or and I get like gimmies on like five foot putts because I will miss those, but people are like, just just pick it up. So. We're playing out there. Just him and I are playing. He's probably, like, shoots, like, maybe mid to high 80s. I would say your dad shoots in the mid-80s. Yeah. He's, like, he used to play all the time. He wasn't bad. You know, when you don't play as much, you're not going to be as great. But not a a bad golfer. So we're on probably around the ninth or 10th hole. It's a par 5. There's a group of four ahead of us. And they're... You know, my dad was uh, like he'd put his tee down, put the ball on it, and he's just kind of taking a couple swings aside. And he's like, "How far do you think they are from us?" And I'm like, uh, "I'm like, I, I don't know, three hundred yards maybe, about or so." And you know, he's just kind of swinging it back and forth. So I turn to go back to the cart because I assume we'll be waiting for a second. I go to grab a drink, and as I'm walking back, whoosh. I turn around sure enough, he took a swing and he drove that thing to where on the left side of the fairway, this guy's parked next to a tree. Of course, my dad's ball hits that tree. <laughs> that guy jumps out of his cart, looks around, looks back at us, arms up, like, what? Like, hold up. And, you know, of course, my dad's like, I thought I could hit it that far. And I'm like, okay, it's not the... Uh, not a response I was hoping, he'd say. <laughs> so, you know, they don't really say, like, just kind of one of those like, uh, can we please move on with life? So we go, uh, I think a couple holes later he hit one that was getting a little closer to him again. You can see him looking back at us and I'm like, I just want to get through this. Round. <laughs> so, that happens pretty much the back nine. We finally get to the 18th. It's par three. It's like, 140. It's it's nothing. And the four guys are on the green. All four of their balls are very visible on the green. I'm putting all my stuff in the bag because I figure I need two clubs. I need my putter and I need whatever I'm going to hit for that. And the rest of the stuff I'm just putting away because I figure as soon as we're done with this hole, turn everything in, we're off to lunch. So I'm putting everything away, zipping it back up, and I hear... and I just have that immediately neck snap where I'm like, please, no. Sure enough, he's in full form after a swing just watching it. There's four guys on the green all by their balls, like, lining it up, and he hits his three feet from the hole. (laughs) Like, incredible shot. But, of course, then you see four guys jump away because his ball just came flying through them, And then they turn, and... One guy starts walking right towards us with a golf club in his hand. Naturally. Yeah. And he's kind of walking towards my dad. There's two other guys that start walking with golf clubs, and they're coming towards me. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. And my <laughs> like my immediate response is like, we might deserve this. But I grab my club, and I start walking towards him because I'm like... I mean, if it's going down, my dad always taught me, if you get in a fight, you better not lose. So I'm I'm not about to lose a fight in front of him. And of course, as I start walking up, two guys coming towards me, the other guy kind of walking towards my dad, I can hear my dad, Mike, yeah, I got the one on the right. I'm like, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, the fourth guy kind of called him over and you know, cooler heads prevailed. Cooler head duh. Yeah, that is true. Thankfully, they turn around. We're done. And I just look at my dad. And I'm like, I am never playing with you again. <laughs> and of course, he just looks at it. and he goes, That was fun. And just got in the car like nothing ever happened. <laughs> and still to this day, I have never played I did with, not play with him again. <laughs> I remember
0: probably one of my favorite stories of my dad playing with him. We used to play at this course, it was like this little riggy dick like, nine-hole course that was like, I can't remember, was Was that Mesa? So it was, it was out in Tempe. Fiesta Lakes? So not Fiesta Lakes. Oh, okay. I know the one you're talking about, because we played with your dad at that place that one time. There was another place that was in Tempe, It was, I want to say like Kyrene and Baseline, it was called Pepperwood. Uh, Nine holes, not real long, not real good. But there's there was like lots of water. And it was like a residential area. Like I mean it was all it was surrounded by houses. And so it was nine holes. And so when you'd play eighteen, you just played nine twice. So we played eighteen, we're coming up on what is quote unquote seventeen. So we're playing eight <laughs> for the second time. And eight had like there was water that was kind of in front of you. Like you had to hit you had to hit the tee shot over the water, but like I mean, the water was all of maybe like 20 feet in front of you to like 80 feet in front of you. There wasn't that much water there. But there were a bunch of ducks there. And my dad teed (laughs) off, was using, uh, whenever, by the time we got to hole 17, usually he was done hitting any drivers or three woods because he was done with that. So he pulled out a four iron, and usually he could smoke his four iron, but this time he sculled the crap out of it. (laughs) Ball didn't get a foot off the ground. One of my shots. One of your shots. Screaming. Cracks this duck right in the head. I still remember the sound that it hit. It was just like that real hollow sound. And Mm -hmm. it just hits up. The ball flies up, goes in the water. And so the duck just keels over, right? And I remember seeing, like, his little feet just kind of twitching a little bit. (laughs) And I, I must have been... I was probably, like, 15 or 16 and I remember how stupid I was and I was like oh his feet are twitching he's still alive <laughs> <laughs> and so we get so we, he tees up another one hits, actually hits a good and so we get in the cart and we drive past and then we drive past this duck and I remember he gets out he stops it stops the cart pulls out the four iron and he pops the duck in the head Real, yeah, good, good taps around the head duck doesn't move at all and I was like oh man he killed this duck I'm like what are we going to do like I 'cause I'm fifteen, I don't know which go to right. jail for. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's uh I was like, I think he killed it and he goes, Oh no, I definitely killed it So he walks over and he grabs a duck and he stuffs it in his golf bag. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, What is going on here? He's like I remember he like cracking open and he's like stuffing, he's like jamming this thing in his golf bag And then just zips it up and then we just go along and like, nothing is said about the duck for the rest of the 17th <laughs> hole or the 18th hole. And I remember we get there, and you know, sometimes you go, like, this is one of those places that doesn't really have, like, people that clean your golf clubs. Yeah. So, like, we get there, we pull our stuff out, and he starts hightailing it to the car. I'm like, okay, cool, we're going to go. <laughs> we're just going. So we get everything in, and we're driving home, and it's quiet for a second. And I go, what'd you do with the duck? He goes, I kept it. I was like, why did you keep it? He goes, Well, if you kill something, you're gonna eat it. And I was like, wait, wait, I'm sorry, what? We're gonna eat that duck? He's like, Yeah, why not? Duck is good. And swear to God, we get home, takes the golf club in, takes it into the kitchen, pulls out this duck, throws it in the sink, puts his golf clubs away, goes out there, you know, starts plucking it and stuff like that, and we had duck dinner that night. I don't know what you <laughs> made duck with some sort of sauce. It was delicious. It was great. I just remember I was like, I was like, really? We like, literally, we just killed this thing. Yeah. At a golf course. And now we're having for dinner. And in at my mind, I was like, Ah, well, this this seems normal, I guess. <laughs> I mean, no one else would have just kicked that thing into the water. Just boom. All right, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember that. I just the the sound of the golf ball hitting the duck. I'll never yeah. forget that sound. It's like I can't I can't even describe it. But it was just, I just I just could hear it in my ears and. I still remember the duck's like feet twitching after I got yeah. hit, and I was like, Egh.
1: "And poor innocent fifteen-year-old you." Oh, he's okay.
0: Uh, literally, I was like, "Oh, he, I'm like, oh, he just got maybe." I in my mind, I was like, "Oh, maybe he just winged its head or something." Like, oh, he's fine. He probably just, you know, <laughs> you catch, you know, you get hit in the head with something, you're okay. I mean, No, no, that thing was, that thing was D E D dead <laughs> when we got there. It was done. I think he slow played me, because like in bowling. There got to be a point where I was better than him, and he couldn't beat anymore. But I remember, like, growing up, like, we would bowl, and I would shoot, you know, growing up, I'd shoot 120, he'd shoot 150. Mm -hmm. And I got to where I could shoot 140, he'd shoot 170. I could shoot 170, he'd shoot 200. And then it got to the point where I could, you know, I could shoot 230s, 240s, 250s, and he couldn't do that on a command anymore. So I felt like he was always just, like, pacing me. Mm -hmm. I think in golf... He paced me. And I never got to. I don't think I ever got a chance while he was still alive to be better than him. Yeah. I, as I got better, it seemed like he'd always beat me like a stroke or two. I never got a chance to. Ever, I, I never beat him, ever. <laughs> one time, uh, Josh and I beat him, and Josh's dad Martin, we beat them in doubles one time, and Dad was super <laughs> irritated about that because he thought <laughs> he thought Martin. To this day, uh, I mean, to this day, I believe that he thinks that Martin. Like get Yeah, bagged it yeah. so that we could win. Because he was super irritated. I can
1: see him doing that look. Mm-hmm. Just that look of, like, just disappointment. D- yeah. Yeah, for sure. I will tell you, too, when I think about your dad, I mean, great fucking guy. And I still remember one of my favorite moments, because you bring up when you guys were bowling, was... I want to say it was a best in the West tournament. (laughs) And I was, after the qualifying, however many games it was, I was in first going into the second day. But we get done for qualifying for the day. They put the scores up. And I was packing up my, like, I was sitting down, putting on, like, taking off bowling shoes, putting on regular shoes. Gary comes and sits with me. He said, Mike, I just saw you're in first place. He's like, that is outstanding. Oh like thank you Gary yeah I was like I, I had a really good day and he just sits down and he's like he's like like what did what were you doing like that is fucking amazing the shots you scored and I probably get ten seconds into talking about what what I was doing for the day when this like gorgeous girl walks by and as I'm talking, his eyes lose track of my eyes, and it goes straight over to this girl that's walking by. And he watches her until she walks out the door. Just turns back to me, he's like, Mike, I want to apologize. I no longer give a fuck what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no part of me that ever got mad at him for that. I'm like, I, trust me, I get it.
0: <laughs> if you ever ask a uh, Josh about his one of his favorite memories of, of dad is that we were bowling state we were in Tucson ew yeah it was uh, uh, it was rough just anytime you go to Tucson it's just rough it's just just the diseased armpit of Arizona but we were in Tucson nonetheless and we had got uh, I want to say this is like my last year as a junior bowler because I was not 21 yet but I was like right at it I must have been like 19 or 20 or something So we get done, Josh and I had both doubles and singles together, and Martin was down there with us again, so the four of us went. So it was me, Josh, Martin, and my dad. And we went to Hooters, because Josh (laughs) Josh wanted to go to Hooters. Now, shocking. The match works a lot better if you strike it and the fire comes. Just keep telling your story. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) him and and Martin, well actually yeah, at the time I was the only one who wasn't 21, so the thing is, my dad and Josh split a pitcher of beer. So the pitcher comes out, and Dad grabs Josh's glass, and he starts to pour it from the pitcher. It starts in, and he's about a, about a fifth of the way done, and this unbelievably gorgeous waitress starts walking <laughs> past us. And same thing. As he's pouring, his eyes start to trail and watch her walk past. <laughs> and he's no longer watching the pitcher anymore. Mm-hmm. So he's just pouring... And he was watching her, and all of a sudden, <laughs> he just stopped pouring right at the top. And as it got done, it was the perfect pour, a little bit of foam at the top, and puts it down and slides it over to Josh. And Josh at each other, and it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And he turns and he looks at us and he goes,
1: that cannot be taught. <laughs> <laughs> I have bared witness to him doing, yeah. like, just not even, just... You know, watching TV or just something where he doesn't pay any attention to the beer, but just it was perfect every time. Yeah. I was like, that, yeah, it, that's a, the best way to put that. To be fair, he may not have told anyone,
0: but he was a bartender for a lot in his early 20s. So <laughs> he might have had a little bit of practice, but still, it was amazing. Yeah,
1: but you don't need to bring up details. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: it's simply amazing that he could not look at the pitcher and stop, in its birth and it's perfect for Like I said, that was probably, like, the first time I'd ever seen it, but I had, I had seen it after that. Like, he had, yeah. he had done it after that. It was out of control.
1: It's, and, yeah. you know, so when you talk about that Duck story, it brings me back to a time where uh, you, me, and I think Brandon did, uh, I want to say, I think it was Dobson Ranch. I think we went and played around there and i want to say the second or third hole it's just a dead straight par 4 so i hit the first one straight like i'm already impressed with myself cuz i suck so then the second shot another shot where it's like hey got a got a hold of it i'm instantly looking up looking down at the green like hey i'm on like i'm on target as i'm watching it in the air This bird comes out of right field, collides with the golf ball, like just a slew of feathers everywhere. And I'm like, did that really just happen? And so we get in the golf cart. We're driving up, and I'm looking. I'm like, looking around. I'm like, okay, I think my ball went around here. And so I find the ball. Right next to the ball is a wing. And then... Right next to it is a one-winged bird. <laughs> and that thing, you know, it was it was done for. Like, it died right there. And there was just that part of me that was just like, what just happened? I remember that. Do you remember what you immediately said to me? Uh, my guess would be, like, you finally got a birdie. Yeah, ooh, that's very
0: close. It was, it was probably something very similar. Because I
1: just looked of, like, just, uh, that was probably the gr- greatest shot I've ever hit. Just one of those where you hit it, and you're like, oh, man, that was perfect bird hits it ball drops in the bunker and i'm just staring in disbelief and i kind of felt bad too because i'm like well i just killed a bird and then you're in the golf cart and i just turn to look at you and you just go i'll give you a birdie on that one <laughs> 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 oh, good old
0: dobson ranch first job i ever had dobson ranch that's right uh, that was a cart cart boy, I don't know what you call it, like I worked at cart barn, <laughs> drove the picker I always remember this, because uh, I got that job with uh, Justin that was our that was our first job because uh, we got that job after we graduated senior year, so so like over the summer, that was our summer job, so we worked at Thompson Ranch I always remember it was a great job, I mean, I wish it didn't pay minimum wage, I'd <laughs> still do it it's great, absolutely uh, but uh, yeah, it was awesome, it was free golf Free lessons. I mean, the job was not difficult, by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I mean, right. They hired us out of high school. It wasn't like you know, didn't you know? It wasn't nuclear science or anything like that. <laughs> it's pretty simple. I will say, driving the driving the the picker on the range on, on the driving range mm-hmm. is one of the funnest things you could do. <laughs> it is actually a lot of fun to drive that uh, to drive that around. Uh, it's also really fun at the end of the night when it's just you and your friend. Uh-huh. who are working there and you're closing up and you have full access to all the golf carts you could ever want. <laughs> uh, one night, we were like, hey, you know what we should do, since everyone's gone, is we should have a golf cart race around the course. <laughs> in the middle, you know, at not, at like 9.30 at night. Why not? Because at that point, uh, if you remember Dobson Ranch, like there's the lights that go to the driving range. And that's all there is. And there's yeah. no street lights. Because like while well, it, it's in... Dobson Ranch, like, you know, the residential neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There's no lights on the course. So we decided that we are going to go tear up, like, up, like, hole 10, go up around there, like, 12, and come back around. So we're driving, and so we had access to the actual ga- the gas carts that go- went a lot faster than the electric carts. <laughs> so we grabbed those, and we're just tearing through or We're racing up there. Uh, remember, we come up, there's this, I want to say it's, like, 11th hole. kind of go up this hill, and you go, and then it goes pretty f- steep down. Well, we went up the hill. Apparently, we were a little further to the left than we thought we were. As we go up the hill and we start to come down, I am clear. However, Justin is not. And there is a giant, like one of those big, huge uh, trash cans sitting right there. And he just steams and smashes into this trash can. Totally jacked up the front of that cart. I always remember this. And so, our first thought was like, we're like, oh, crap what did we just do and then we we're like wait a minute we're the only ones here yeah so literally i spun my cart around i went to the back of it and we pushed this thing all the way back to the cart barn now at the time we were working at adopts the ranch there's the huge cart barn there's all the carts that were plugged in and then there was like this little section back there it was like a graveyard of <laughs> carts that didn't work there was like probably like, 15 carts that didn't work already wow. and so we found a way to like Snake this thing all the way to the back, <laughs> and we hid the front end of it so that you could never see the front end. I because mean, all the other ones didn't work for various reasons, like whatever the batteries were dead, right. and the didn't, they didn't care. But like this thing was clearly like someone smashed the front end of this thing in, and we hid that thing all the way in the back. <laughs> it's funny, I'll, uh, him and I still, we tax them, whatever, you know, back and forth, you know, living in, you know, the, the wonderful state of Florida now.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah,
0: and every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up and it's just, it's just funny just thinking about that I was like how stupid were we
1: we are kids we were
0: kids oh yeah <laughs> great job it was such a great job Though I mean like I wish it wish it didn't pay a minimum wage I mean maybe then I'd still be there but <laughs> I mean <not laughs> yeah. a tough job just working on a golf course the whole oh, time it was amazing be like Paige Spierenak just you know not nearly as good looking speak for yourself <laughs> did you see that she started something called Only Paige by the way I saw something about that. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Uh, so she started up this thing. It's just, I think it's called Only Page, where it's basically her Instagram feed, where it's you know her, you know, outfits and whatever you yeah. But then mm-hmm. she also has like golf instructional videos. Once again, well, she's not wearing a whole lot, but then again, hey,
1: you know. I feel like. So wait, she offers instructional videos. Instructional on golf,
0: videos, yeah.
1: But wearing the usual stuff, she does. usually the yeah. I feel like I would get worse at golf if I (laughs) took her instructions because I wouldn't pay attention to anything. Yeah. But, I mean, that's. She does. You know, I am a big component of advertising. When you do stand up for a lot of years, you have to sell yourself and you have to get, you know, people behind you and people wanting to see you. So I like marketing and advertising. I think she's brilliant in what she's doing. So, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I mean. Listen, she tried to go on on the Pro Tour,
0: and like 99.9999% of people on this planet, she wasn't good enough to make a living out there. Yeah. But she was good enough, from my understanding, to make a couple checks, make some cuts. Just not good enough to, you know. Right.
1: You get your name out
0: there a little bit, but you can't consistently be out there. So, she now has decided that she can make instructional videos while wearing skimpy golf outfits. And make more money than probably a lot of the women who were on tour. She has to like, make more than everyone on there. I mean, I, would, I don't know what the prize money is for the, the women's tour. I mean, I'm assuming, uh, like most sports, mm-hmm. it's going to be less than what the men make. You get yourself canceled right away. Well, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Okay, hey, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm not saying they're lesser people or lesser athletes. I'm just saying that on the average, women's women's sports will make less than men's sports. I'm assuming they do. But even if they, let's just say they made 30% of what men made, still mm-hmm. decent living for most of them. But I would, I, I would imagine that, yes, she probably still makes more than them. Yeah. Yeah. I kidding?
1: don't know what Sorenstam made back in the day, but I can guarantee she cleaned up oh. plenty good.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, what was it? Uh, I, there's so much money in golf. It's out of control. Like, I want, I want Gary to play golf. Absolutely. I'm, like, I don't want you. Like,
1: I'm surprised he doesn't have a golf club glued to his hands
0: by now. So there are little golf clubs around here. Of course. So. You got to find them, but there are around here. And like, I will every now and then like put the like little plastic golf club in his hand trying to get to hit stuff. I was like, yeah. this is, this is it right here.
1: And you're like, come on
0: tiger. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Either that or be a left-handed
1: pitcher. Oh, if you can be a left-handed, you know, be a relief pitcher for all I care. Yeah. Make, be make, that guy that comes in the seventh to just get a, you know, the man they need out. Right. And then, yeah, you're done for the night. And make two and a half million dollars while you do it. Yeah, you know, that's buy mommy and daddy a new house. Yeah,
0: you know, because what you don't want to do is, you know, maybe you don't want to be this, you know, cornerback in the Super Bowl holding a guy in the last play. You know, <laughs> just saying. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that wasn't a hold. That's my
1: view of it. Now, he, everyone's got their opinion. I, uh, I have mine, and uh, I prefer my opinion over many others my thing was was it a hold by the rule it was a hold now that and that's the argument I had with people was yes it was a hold but if you're not calling the ticky tack plays for nine tenths of the game you can't call the first ticky tack play at the end and just give it to the Chiefs can't,
0: absolutely can't do
1: it there yeah Was it a hold? Yeah, but you know what? There was tons of hold. There was, you know, there were neutral zone infractions that they kind of let go. There were false starts they let go. They're letting them play. Not only is it the playoffs, it's Super Bowl. You're gonna let them play, but you can't make that call right there when you've been so lenient the whole time. That was my big complaint because you had other people like, well, this expert said it was a hold. Good for him. Yeah, it was a hold. I'm not an expert, but I can tell you. It was, I mean, it wasn't a big hold.
0: I can tell you by the letter of the law, that's probably what they would want people to call week seven. Mm-hmm. Jaguars playing <laughs> the Titans. They maybe that maybe the NFL wants you to make that call there. Yeah. You you can't do it there. You can't do it there. You know, maybe call that in the first quarter. You, you can't right. do it. You can't do it. Right there. And on top of that, Mahomes. Overthrew him by, you know, 14 yards. Like, he was never going yeah. to catch that ball.
1: Right. And it's one of those I get. Even though it's uncatchable, it's still the hole. But the thing is, do you, as a commissioner, as people are, I mean, the NFL just makes money. Just creates their own money, basically. You could either call that little ticky-tack play, you know, Chiefs get to kill the clock, kick the field goal, and Eagles got one little sloppy shot at it. Or you don't make that call; it's fourth down. They kick same field goal, and then you've got Hertz with about a minute forty to go down in the Super Bowl to tie it, send it to overtime, win it. He could have thrown an interception on the first pass. You have to give him that opportunity, right?
0: For, for TV for TV's sake, I absolutely. felt like I felt like that killed the entire momentum of the game. Yes, like the entire game, I was in it. I was watching it. I got a five-year-old running around, and I was still engaged in the game. Like it was still that good. Yeah. And just like that call when you saw it there, you're just like, it was like all the air just went <sighs> all out of you. It's like ah, the call was late too. Yeah. Like I felt like two two guys are hand fighting. I felt like it if I'd have to see the play again, I felt like it was pretty close to being within five yards, within right in that 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 spot where they hand fight a lot. Yes. I feel like you gotta let that one slide. Honestly, I. I would still. I still think the Chiefs would win that game. Yeah. I felt like by then, the end of the game, like the Eagles had that momentum they had had died down. Like I don't know if if Hurts is able to, to do anything. Right.
1: They win the first half, but like so many times, Chiefs just are the better second half team. They were probably going to win it no matter what. The Eagles are not a bad team at all. Like they deserve to be there, but it's like the yeah. It was a little late, and everyone's like, well, if you look at the replay, it's like, yeah, let's calm down with all this slow-mo stuff. Right. You have to think in the ref's head, too. When he looks at it and he just gets that quick thought of, like, that's a hold, he has to do that two-second thought of, like, hey, we haven't been calling. We had the meeting. Like, we're going to let him play. But then throwing that flag under two minutes left in the fourth in that situation – he decided instead of hey we're going to keep letting him play to nope i'm going to throw that flag and determine everything myself and everyone can argue about it but it's one of those it was just wrong of him to throw that penalty on that one
0: the pace of the game the entire game was cut, was let them play a little bit mm-hmm. you know there there was plenty of stuff down downfield that you saw you
1: know and anyone that plays football there's i, I mean and that's like, you can get taught how to get away with stuff. And, you, I mean, this is the same when I was doing basketball. I learned stuff where it's like, technically, this is a foul. But you can make it to where you've got to put it on the ref to make that call. Otherwise, you're going to get away with it, and you see how much more you can get away with it.
0: And I can tell you as a former offensive lineman, let me tell you the amount of holding <laughs> that goes on in the line of scrimmage. If for all you defense alignment out there that bitch about how much <laughs> offense alignment hold, don't act like you guys don't do it either. Watch plays where you think there's gonna be a good hole in there that the running back can run through and all of a sudden he gets stuffed. I bet you if you go back and watch what happens is normally there's a double team on the line be- on the line of scrimmage where an off like we'll just say like the center and the guard, double team the three technique tackle. one of those two guys is supposed to go upfield. And he's supposed to release off of the double team, hit the, like a middle linebacker or hit a sandbacker. Go back and watch it. Sometimes you'll watch that that tackle hold that offensive lineman <laughs> so that he can't get upfield, and then that that linebacker makes a tackle. Yeah. So for all of you defensive linemen out there, <laughs> we bitching. You guys do it too. The the amount the amount of holding that goes on, at least on the line of scrimmage, is out of control. Absolutely. I mean, I can tell you when I I remember specifically one game I played. We played against. Uh, you know, the, the powerhouse Eastern Arizona. <laughs> and they had a dude who was playing. Uh, I was left tackle, and the guy they had a right end was real good. Like, I don't know what he was doing in Eastern Arizona. No <laughs> idea. I just knew he was real good, and I just knew I held that dude almost all game. <laughs> I held, I tripped, I did everything. I mean, I've blocked that dude probably like six times that entire game. <laughs> Every other time <laughs> I was holding that dude, I did everything. And how many times did you get flagged? I did not get flagged once that game. <laughs> I was sneaky about it. I figured it out. I mean, yeah. Well, the idea is that you only hold for a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> That's really the idea. But no, I mean, you could have thrown, you could have thrown forty-seven flags on me that game. <laughs> I held that dude all the time. And you'd have I'd,
1: been like, yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, uh, there. Uh, I tripped him one time because he faked me out so bad. Like he. I thought he was going to go inside, and he then, then he just versed field, went out, went cut outside real fast, and I, no chance, none. I was not going to get a hand on him, and I kind of, like, did, like, this, like, oh, I'm falling, and then I kicked <laughs> my leg out, and I tripped him. Yeah, that I mean no, there was, but, like, stuff like that happens all the time, which is why, when I see, like, a, a call like that, I'm like, y- you can't, you can't do that there. Exactly. But, it's not like the, And it's not like the NFL officials right now have had a sparkling record over the last couple of years. Uh-huh. I mean, and that's the biggest stage, too. Like, yeah. I bet you everyone in the NFL commissioner's office was just flipping chairs when that happened. Absolutely. They were, they were just like,
1: oh, come on. Because you're looking like, at it, too. Hey, Chiefs don't score. Eagles get a chance to run it down. Mm-hmm. We've got a dramatic finish to our Super Bowl. That's printing money again. Oh, yeah. And that ref was like, no, no, no. I saw a hold so bad. It you hate to see it happen just because. Like I said, the game
0: was flowing so well. Yes, and I hate to I hate to say like one call ruins a game, but like if you let that if that call isn't called, kick a field goal and like let's say let's just say Jalen Hurts goes out there and throws a pick on the very first play. Without that hold, that entire flow of the game is so much better, and you can call it one of the one of the best that's ever been played. Cause it was a really. Like yeah, well
1: overall a great game
0: because while the the Eagles outplayed them in the first half, yes, you know it was still a really good like it was still a good game the whole mm-hmm. way through, It's just that that call it's just
1: like it sours it to yes. you know because because even being down ten at halftime, you knew that game was far from over. Ten points from homes, that Chiefs offense
0: is nothing. Yeah, like exactly. I've never seen that because you know we have a, a mutual friend who's a big Eagles fan. And I tried to not, like, text or talk to people, like, when their team's in a big game. Right. You know, like, I didn't didn't want to text them. But, like, I remember seeing that. I was like, 10 points. I was like, I don't know, man. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I didn't didn't say a word. Because let me tell you something. My team, Panthers, went to the Super Bowl (laughs) 2015 and just had a dog shit game. And I was miserable. And I had, you know, some people be like, hey, man, like, there was nothing. Like, nobody's beaten that D. They took down Brady and the Patriots. Like, the game before, AFC Championship, they dominated Brady. And I was so scared watching that game because I'm like, man, whoever wins between Pan- Panthers and Cardinals, they're in trouble because that defense was so legit. And then Panthers win. They go to that game. I mean, they got beat. I could bitch and moan, but it's like the Broncos played like champions. Peyton had a horrible game. And afterwards, it made me hate him. Because it's like everyone jumps on Newton for, you know, leaving the uh, interview afterwards when he's sitting there talking. Well, he wasn't even talking. The inter- You know, the guys are like, hey, what happened on this one play? Why didn't you die for the ball? What happened on this sack fumble? And he just got up. And, you know, they mentioned like one of the Broncos was nearby. You know, talking about how they had such a perfect game plan. Like, whatever the case was, he got up and left because he was pissed he lost. And everyone's like, what a sore loser. Let me tell you what. If I get in the biggest game of my life, it goes bad. I don't want to speak to anybody. I get it. Now, what did Peyton do? I like Peyton. But afterwards, since he wins the Super Bowl, what am I going to do? I'm going to go kiss Papa John as I'm walking <laughs> out there. Which, boy, that guy turned out to be a saint. And then, oh, on the interview on the field, the press conference afterwards, and by God, every talk show he could get on after that, oh, what are you going to do after you won? Oh, I'm going to go drink a Bud Light, and I'm like, you little sellout. (laughs) You can't be like, I'm going to celebrate with my team. This means so much to me. I'm going to celebrate with my family. They were here to support me. No, I'm going to drink a Bud Light. And it's like, I get it. You have a piece of that business with you. Good for you. <laughs> Ugh, I am apparently not over that. <laughs> <coughs> no way. Had huh? the, had had the Broncos already beat the Patriots? Yes. So they're... they they won earlier that day. The Panthers Cardinals was later that night. Okay, because I remember a similar thing for me,
0: and I want to say it was it was it had to be the '95 Super Bowl because the Steelers went to the '96 Super Bowl and lost that one. That was here in Arizona. I remember Who they lose to. It doesn't really matter. All right. So uh, <laughs> the year before, though, the Steelers played the Chargers in the championship game. Yes. And I remember watching that game, and I remember when they lost. I wasn't really upset. Because I knew whoever won that game was about to get frog stomped by the Niners. <laughs> that Niners team was real good. And if I remember the final score of that, that Super Bowl, I believe it was fifty five to ten. Yeah. If I remember right, could be wrong on
1: that one. I'm pretty sure fifty five
0: ten. I just remember right, Steve like it
1: was not a game.
0: I just remember Steve Young and that Niners team went off. Yeah. And they beat the Chargers fifty five to ten. They probably beat the Steelers eh, maybe forty nine to ten. Maybe, maybe there was there was not going to be a big difference. It was not going to be a big difference. I was, I, it, I wasn't heartbroken when that happened because I just remember thinking, no one's beating the Snyders team. Yeah, it was already like they might as well better. have given
1: them the trophy already. they were so much better. And yeah. see, so the Panthers lose. I do get you know some texts of people being like, hey, you know, tough break, man. You know, hold your head up, like your team had an amazing season, which is true. But you also get the people that you know giving shit like oh man cam should learn to go for a fumble or like oh sucks to be you right now kind of thing and it's like that was tough so yeah when we have a few friends that are huge eagles fans some of them from philly i didn't like before the game i sent them a text like good luck hope your team wins like i'd like to see a friend get to celebrate a super one even though they've won one five years ago right but just when, when that penalty got called, Chiefs win, I didn't speak a word to him for a few days because like <laughs> let, me, let me give him some days because I get it. Now, we have a mutual friend that's a Falcons fan. <laughs> and when they gave us the greatest Super Bowl of my life of all time for us for, for our that, that is,
0: I'm not going to say it's my favorite Super Bowl because the Steelers have won Super Bowl while I've been watching football. God, it's my favorite. <laughs> but, boy, if you take away the Steelers' Super Bowls,
1: mm-hmm. that one might be my favorite, too. And let me tell you something. They were, up when when it was, you know, when I think the last one they scored might have been the pick six, might have been a touchdown out. Whatever made it 28-3, and I, I had to work that day in the casino, and they're like, I cannot believe the Falcons are going to run over the Patriots like this. And I said, no, 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 no. There's time. And everyone just looked at me like, dude. And then Brady starts that comeback, and there's a sprinkle of like, oh, they're, well, hey, they're, they're, you know, they're good. They got a touchdown. Oh, they're making a the game out of it. I kept saying, no, 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 no. This is the Falcons. That, that lead ain't nothing. And yeah, for them to blow that entire thing. Now, I don't know about you, but as soon as that James White scored to win the Super Bowl. I could not get to my phone fast enough <laughs> to like call, text, and just be like, "Eat it." That's a division rival. I didn't want them winning. I felt like they were already celebrating. You got Arthur Blank doing his stupid dance. I could not wait to get to that phone. I'm a great friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember there's a. Uh, I saw it recently. I don't know why it popped up on one of my feeds for something. And they have one of the receivers for the Falcons is mic'd up. And he's talking to another receiver. And he, the guy who's mic'd up is like, here we go, man, and he's like, here we go, we we're gonna do it. And the other receiver is like, I know, man, we do it, but boy, Tom Brady, man, we ain't there yet. And the other receiver is like, Yeah, but they ain't seen our offense yet. <laughs> and I remember hearing that and I was just like, Justice. Yeah. <laughs> just justice. It's like I said, if you if you remove the uh, the Steelers Super Bowl wins, in, while you know while I have been alive, because obviously they won four before I was alive, mm-hmm. if you remove the ones that they were alive when I was alive to watch, th- that Falcons one, the, the Falcons Patriots is my favorite Super Bowl to watch, just because. On top of that, uh, my wife is not the biggest Tom Brady fan that's ever been out there.
1: Oh, who's she a fan of?
0: Well, so. I love my wife, and she's one of the best people on the planet. But like everyone else, she has her imperfections. So she is a Ravens fan. Yeah, it's pretty rough. But she really doesn't like Tom Brady at all. And when we were watching that Super Bowl, because I, I can't remember where we were watching it at. But we we're watching it, and the comeback starts. And then the comeback finishes. And then we're driving home. And we're driving home, and we're on the freeway driving home. And it's like silence in the car. And I was just like, I remember, I'm like, now it's time to poke the bear. <laughs> now it's time to poke the bear a little bit. Because I was driving, so I didn't have to worry anything about anything. I was like, how about that Tom Brady? Can you imagine? And that's one of the greatest things we've ever seen. And I just remember saying, shut up. <laughs> it was literally just, shut up. And I was just like,
1: okay, we're good. Like just, you know what, one poke is just you,
0: fine. Just just fine. You got you, you you can't poke the bear too many times. <laughs> I just always remember that. I just I was like, man, how awesome of a comeback was that? How good is Tom Brady? And just shut up. <laughs> 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 and to be fair, I will say this: to it's not that she, I wouldn't say that she dislikes Tom Brady like she hates Tom Brady. I think what she doesn't like is the fact that Josh goes in on how much he loves Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. I think she's just heard it so many times. I think she's just, and on top of that, she's a she is a Peyton Manning fan. Like, yeah. if you ask her, she'll say Tom Brady. She thinks she thinks Peyton is better than him, but she's absolutely. like, absolutely. She think she thinks that Tom is one of the best that's ever played. Mm-hmm. She 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 likes Peyton more, and so maybe actually I have no idea who she thinks is better, <laughs> but I know she definitely likes Peyton Manning more. Yeah, but. I think it's just the fact that when Josh goes in hard to paint, when he goes in on how much he loves Tom Brady, it just, I think it just irks her and I think, But, yeah.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. And I've always been on the side that Peyton, you know, when he was coming through you know, high school, college, was just so sought after. Like Everyone's like, this is a no-brainer, number one draft pick. And my guy can you, And you know what's funny looking back, too, is there was a debate at one point. Who do you take first in the draft? Do you take Peyton Manning, or do you take Ryan Leaf? Ryan (laughs) Leaf. And Mike, can you imagine if somebody was like, you know, I know this Peyton's supposed to be the greatest, but this Leaf kid has something. We should go with him instead. That would have been the worst decision since, like, somebody told Hitler his paintings were shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I I remember like that whole off season
0: where like ESPN was just going in. You know, who's better, who's gonna be the number one pick. I think I think everyone knew that Peyton was gonna be yeah. the number one pick. I think I think everyone probably knew that, but you know, ESPN I think just trying to make a story out of something or just you know, trying to get, you know. And I, I remember there was plenty of people who thought there were people I think who legitimately thought Ryan Leaf was gonna be better. I remember when the draft happened. I, if I remember correctly, I said, "My, I, I'm wrong on this because I said, I think Peyton will be slight will be slightly better than Ryan Leaf." <laughs> so I was wrong in using the word slightly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta understand too. Like I remember watching Ryan Leaf. I mean, at the time, I had season tickets to Arizona State football games. Right. So I got to watch that dude straight poleless. Yeah. You know.
1: You saw, like, how dominant he
0: could yeah, be. Yeah, I, I saw how good he was. I mean, if, because what, Peyton, they were drafted in 98, if I remember right. So, I think their last year was 98, and they got drafted in 99. Yeah. Or maybe it was 97, and they got drafted in 98. I don't remember.
1: World. World. But it,
0: it's, it's in the right it, area. It's right in the right area. And I remember watching him just pummel. it out of Arizona State. Just beat us. So, I think in the 96, se- so obviously in the, 90, the 96 season, we beat them. Because that was obviously the year we went undefeated and then lost to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Damn. So we beat it, but that was a, if I remember, it was a forty-five to forty-two game. It was I think it was an overtime game. Oh, and that was a crazy game. If I remember, yeah, I think because and it was just going back and forth, just score, yep. score, score. And if I remember right, the other seasons Ryan Leaf just, just straight just gave us the hammer. <laughs> you know, it's just it was like it was like everyone else. I, I remember seeing those games because I never saw Peyton Manny play. I remember seeing those games, and that's why I was like, you know what, Like I've seen these highlights, but I also have seen Ryan Leaf, because you know, I was watch- obviously watching, at the time, Pac-10 football. <laughs> I was just watching him just destroy everyone, and I was like, you know what, I think Peyton will probably be a little better. But I think Ryan Leaf's still going to be. I- if-, if I, I've probably at one point said, I think they'll both be Hall of Famers. So I was half right. Some of us make mistakes. Some of us make mistakes.
1: But it's one of those, Peyton, you could tell, just... Fundamentally, was going to be an elite player. Like, had all the tools kind of thing. And it's one of those, without Tom Brady, Peyton is by far the greatest of the generation. But then you have, yeah, a guy who's, you know, 199th pick, what, five or six quarterbacks taken before him. It's one of those, there's not one thing that he was the best at, pretty much. He was just, you know, he, he had his talents, but... Peyton is like, everyone was just like, he's got the whole package. Brady, eh, you know, we'll see. But, man, like, just his desire and his, like, just hatred of losing, man, that can overtake talent sometimes, where you just refuse to be bad. And I look at that, too. It's like, look at even, like, LeBron, because I hate the whole who's better, him or MJ comparison. I could go on a five-day rant about that. But it's like, you know, everyone's like, he's got the tools, he's got everything. Then you've got Steph Curry that, yeah, you could argue he can build a better team around him. But just one of those, you can tell that guy does not want to lose. Absolutely does not want to lose. He doesn't have all the tools and gifts LeBron has, but my God, if he wants to win a game, he can pretty much take it over if he wants. Something to be said about that, like that drive.
0: Well, I mean, that's the only reason, I mean, I'm not going to say it's the only reason Brady's good. But if you had to pick a reason why, I think Brady's the greatest quarterback ever played. Mm-hmm. that That's my opinion. I mean, whatever. I mean, Neil O'Donnell's my favorite. Yeah. You know, you can, you can fuck yourself, I guess. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, like, Brady's the best. I think Brady's the best he's ever played. But if someone was like, well, you don't get Brady, you get Manning. I gonna be okay. Yeah. We're, we're going to figure it out. To be fair, of all of one of the, some of my favorite quotes, actually my one of my favorite quotes about the Super Bowl is they had Montana on. And I have no idea what Super Bowl it was, but they had him on. It was a Brady Super Bowl, I remember that, I just don't remember which one it was. And they were talking about stuff, and they asked Montana, you know, like, you know, when you were playing, you know, how did you overcome setbacks in the game if, you know, you made a bad throw or, you know, this and... Montana's like, well, I never threw an interception in a Super Bowl, so eh, I don't really know. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good, because he never threw one. I think he I think he threw, I think he's 11 touchdowns and no interceptions in his four Super Bowls. Wow. Which is not bad.
1: That's a, that's
0: a good stat. It's not a bad stat. He did beat the Bengals twice, so <laughs> maybe he's not playing, you know, the Monstars from Space Jam <laughs> or anything. But, you know.
1: Like the Washington Generals. Yeah, I
0: mean. Maybe my, you know, Steelers fandom might might kind of skew me in a direction where I don't really respect the Bengals. Or maybe when the Bengals lost that Super Bowl against the Rams, I might have been doing a little jig. But, you know, <laughs> maybe not to say anything bad about Boomer Esiason. I mean, Boomer Esiason, you know, he could play. But I guess Montana did beat pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, he beat Elway. If I remember, he beat Elway, he beat Marino, Esiason. I don't remember if Esiason was the quarterback for the... If he lost twice, or if they had a different guy for one of the other seasons,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or the other Super Bowls, yeah, I, I don't know. Give me Brady, I'll be okay. You give me Manning, I'll be all right too. Montana, I figure it out. I feel like with those three guys, you could probably you could rank those three guys in any order, and I wouldn't argue with you. I wouldn't say that you're wrong. Right. You, you could go Manning, Montana, Brady, and I'd be like, well, I can't really argue with you. That's not you can't go wrong with that. There's
1: pros and cons. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. If you if you said pick one, I'm picking Brady, but that's just me. Not picking Cam
1: Newton, in case you're wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a good year. <laughs> uh, well, my cigar
0: is out. We call it a wrap. I think we call it a wrap. My cigar is about to the point where it's starting to burn my fingers. So excellent. Well,
1: wow. Cheers well, on the first episode. Cheers on the
0: first episode, brother.